0: This is Glenn Krause from Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks with our November podcast. Appreciate everyone listening in to today's podcast. I have the privilege of having Dr. Doug Cutler, a practicing hospice for North Arizona Hospice, as well as Craig Mills, who works with MBOS. Uh, Craig has 25 years of healthcare experience beginning with his clinical work at St. Luke's Episcopal Hospital in Houston, Texas. He's been responsible for leading the implementation and management of the Louisiana Office of Public Health Schools based health center clinical database and data collection processes for the Louisiana legislature. Mr. Mills was responsible for releasing the first Louisiana kids health data book as part of these efforts. Very impressive. And he's developed a a unique approach to many revenue cycle initiatives, most specifically in this clinical documentation integrity spectrum. His approach has been molded by listening to the needs of a multidisciplinary group of CDI stakeholders. Recognizing that each hospital is different and with varying levels of experience and financial commitments, Mr. Mills has the ability to guide organizations through a thoughtful and goal-oriented CDI program evaluation or implementation. Now, I've known a good, so long colleague of mine, Dr. Cutler, as I mentioned, is a practicing hospitalist for North Arizona hospitalist. He has over 20 years of progressive medicine experience, ranging from hospitalist to medical director, chief medical officer and physician advisor. What I think is really unique with Dr. Cutler is that he recognizes the critical nature of effective clinical documentation to the practice of medicine appreciating the strong relationship between quality of documentation and the quality of medicine. Dr. Cutler understands and appreciates the medical record as a communication tool versus a reimbursement tool, promoting and advocating for complete and accurate communication of patient care as part of his message to fellow physicians. In knowledge sharing and learning of best practice principles and standards of documentation, He recognizes that effective documentation facilitates achievement of fully informed, coordinated, quality, focused, patient-centered care, all fundamental to the practice of medicine under continued evolution of the business practice of medicine. So uh, Dr. Cutler and uh, Craig, welcome to the podcast. I have a few interesting questions. I really would like to see what your thoughts are. So I think the first area we want to focus is on the EHR and uh, and and the fact that I think uh, it's become more of a reimbursement tool and communication rather than the most important aspect of communication tool. And because of that, I think the, certainly documentation has become very very degraded from the standpoint of reporting patient care. So, Dr. Culler, what are your thoughts on that? And how do we change uh, physicians' outlook? Because you know, most of the time, my experience has been working hand in hand that. Uh, this doctoring in front of the patient is really taken away from the quality time of doctoring in front of the patient. So Dr. Cutler, tell me what your thoughts are and what can we do to change this outlook?
1: Well, first, uh, I think you're correct. I mean, and and I agree. Initially, uh, it was set up as a database for reimbursement. Um, You could tell by the, I guess, how it looked initially, the electronic health record did not have a lot of inputs from the people that were going to use it, being physicians and nurses. Uh, That being said, and I think also, uh, it being a communication tool and how it was initially sold to physicians, uh, I don't know how many could type very well, but the initial input was not uh, verbal uh, speech recognition, um, but it was typing. And the way it was sold to many of these physicians in hospitals, at least where I worked in uh, Arizona and Phoenix, um, was that, oh, you can uh, type in things and then you can cut and paste things repeatedly. Um, and, And so and then again, it went from very, you know, back in the day for people that are old enough from the brief handwritten notes that it may take three nurses and two physicians to decipher somebody's handwriting, uh, just three sentences. But sometimes those three sentences carried more information for, again, the uh, end users of the system, the physicians and nurses, than the three to four printed pages of a progress note. Yep. All of the data shoved in there. So now you have to literally spend more time deciphering those few key you know free- you know few key inputs that you want to find in a note that's now spread over five printed pages um than the one chicken scratch note we had. I'm not saying it's not better; I think it's continuing to evolve, but um I think there were a lot of uh, issues, and I think uh, the I don't think typing and the way physicians were initially inputting data um, should be overlooked. I think that was uh, why we had problems with cutting and pasting most information. Um, I got stories on that, but um, anyway, I'll let you guys uh, continue well, let me,
0: yeah, so uh, so Craig, what are your thoughts? and i you know i'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing that because a record has become more of a reimbursement tool than what it was designed to be. Uh, When we talked about non-EHR handwritten notes, which had its limitations, obviously, of readability and availability because you couldn't have more than one. The record obviously could only be viewed by one person at a time. Uh, uh, What are you seeing from the standpoint of that mentality leading to denials? I'm I'm thinking that uh, because we're focusing on the diagnosis reporting and E&Ms that were getting lots of denials in the back end, particularly in the inpatient setting. Are you seeing the same thing in your practice?
2: Absolutely. And I think I think you hit on a couple of things. Um, when, when hospitals are more important or more interested in how important the uh, KPIs are in generating a quota or, or a quota-based system to show activity, they're losing a lot of, uh, of aspect of what the documentation should be doing. And that's really telling the patient's story. Once you, pay, once you tell the patient's story fully, yeah. completely, accurately, then you then you have much much more robust and rich data sets, so that the EHR can be a tool to use for communication. And one of the things that I have found, and that I think a lot of hospitals would agree exists, but they just don't admit it, yeah. is that we're still working in we're still working in a siloed environment too. So we have, we have the physicians, which really is the core of all of this, and, and, the, and the documentation and how important that is. Then you have the CDI team, and you might have hospitals who've had CDI programs in place for 10 plus years. Then you have the coding team, and they all still work in silos. Breaking down silos and looking at what the true patient story is from end to end, not concentrating on KPIs that are generating quotas, but being a an integrated multidisciplinary team, so that the patient wins at the end. When the patient wins at the end, the hospital wins. When the hospital wins, everybody else wins because they're all playing part of this of this uh, umbrella, if you will, for things that are considered under the CDI uh, domain.
0: Uh, and what, what and when you say KPIs, what are you referring to specifically? Any any ones that stand out that really are driving denials?
2: Well, not necessarily driving denials as much as it is taking time away from what the true CDI um, uh, CDIS would be doing, and working with the physician to define what exactly is happening during that patient stay, translating that into something that is codable. Coders are struggling to understand, or maybe the silo is 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 causing them to uh, look at the final coded claim. Yeah. differently than what actually took place with the, with the, with the patient. So KPIs and CBISs have to have a certain number of queries, for example, right. in a particular day. Well, applying a query just to apply a query, because you have a quota based system isn't very effective because are you asking the physician the same thing over and over again? And that frustrates physicians that in turn doesn't, and they don't want to, they don't want to respond to the queries. So you have response rates that are low, you have query rates that are high, those two things don't match when you're not getting the documentation that you need for the coders to ultimately code the claim for it to go out of the door. Ultimately, when what you're trying to do in this process is to is to clean up the the mismatch of, of what's taking place on the floor, what's translating in the coding, what's being billed, and send out a clean claim. When you send out a clean claim, your denials are going to decrease.
0: Right. I, I agree 100%. Dr. Cutler, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you're, you're a practicing hospitalist, obviously, and I know your facility has a CDI program. Can you say that the program is truly helping and improving communication with all your physicians, or, uh, or, or is it just repetitively receiving queries, and what would you like to see the program be do, uh, focusing on?
1: Well, those are good yeah. questions, and I have to uh, think back to my time as a physician advisor because my question always was, you know, how do we measure success? And that's what you guys are asking as well in other ways. How do we measure success? What, what does success mean? Does that mean that the query rate should go down because we've done such a great job? I mean, as a physician advisor, we always said uh, when I was with Banner that we were trying to work our, ourselves out of a job meaning that by educating and basically training all our physicians kind of in a way to think like a physician advisor, that you would get all of your coding more accurately performed, that they would answer the queries when asked. But you're right. If you're just asking them to ask them, um, now we should, you know, like, and like I said, their success, if if we're not documenting Um, you know, protein, calorie, severe protein, calorie malnutrition is one. Um, how do we measure success? Do we go out? Who are the uh, biggest, um, uh, you know, there's always, uh, you know, 20% usually that are causing 80% of the chaos. So do we focus our attention on those individuals who are those individuals and how do we train them up or at least to understand what the issue is? Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it is education, but we have to do it in a way that it's not just quota-based because then you never have success, I would think.
0: Uh, and the question, you know, I, I, I think what really is a limitation of CDI programs is that we're, we're, we're kind of transactional, reactional, repetitive. We're not proactive. We're not. Uh, most programs. I'm I'm not sure about yours, Dr. Cutler, but I uh, my personal experience is, has has been uh, because we're focusing more on the uh, KPIs or the number of charts reviewed, number of queries issued, number of queries responded to. What was the uh, did it increase the case mix? Are they CCMCC? Is it APRDRG? Is increased created? Increased severity of illness, risk of mortality those are all uh, task based activities uh, and what I really would like to see in a CDI program is uh, is is proactivity so not, the, the queries are going down uh, uh, if we if uh, do we have good history and physicals, I would really like to see CDI industry as a whole uh, become more proficient, uh, knowledgeable. Uh, have additional skills and core competencies in understanding or appreciating and being able to identify insufficiencies in documentation that could lead to medical necessity denials, not only for the hospital, but for the physician as well. Uh, because remember, the same record is used for both uh, to, both Billings Hospital and physician side, or even in the office, uh, ED wherever, it's the same. Uh, and and if we ha- if we had, uh, I-, I think a process improvement or transformational process to be uh, to be uh, focusing on proactive approach to physician documentation. Uh, learnings and and, and trainings uh, and providing feedback on on where uh, medical directors, second-guess physicians, physician clinical judgment, particularly with diagnosis under clinical validation and or observation versus medical necessity level of care determinations, uh, it would, it would be a totally different picture uh, in terms of uh, medical necessity denials, volumes of denials, uh, clinical validation denials, uh, certainly costly uh, appeals process. And if I'm, I'm a, from a practicing coder, uh, I could be more confidently signing the record because I have a good patient story that helps me determine the pre- chief reason after study that occasioned the emission. That comes from the history and physical. So, what is um, uh, uh, Craig, what are your thoughts on that? Do, mm-hmm. do you see that as the – do you see CDI going in that role?
2: Well, I, I think that anything that is going to improve over time has to have some measure of, of behavior change. And I, if we use an example like smoking cessation, right. uh, changing a behavior from smoking to non-smoking – you have to you have to identify the the problem, recognize the problem, you have to address the problem, you have to put measures in place to fix the problem, and then you have to have some kind of reward on the end so that you acknowledge the problem has been fixed. So in any case where you want to look at something differently, and I would say c d i falls into this into this bucket as well is looking at a behavior change model for affecting change across those silos, uh identifying where the challenges are, and typically we talk about denials and what the impact of those denials are. But looking at that deeper and saying, what's causing those denials? Acknowledging the cause of those denials, and again, I've mentioned this earlier, build a multidisciplinary team around what, what documentation is it going to take, what level of documentation, what accurate documentation of patient, telling the patient's story so that you've acknowledged, you've identified, acknowledged, you've put a plan in place to address the, the challenges that are causing those denials around documentation and then put a reward system in on the backside and, and rewarding, again, going back to the KPIs and the quota system, that there's there's, there's very little reward in knowing that you've sent out 10 unrelevant and, and unnecessary queries to somebody that they never respond to.
0: Hey, yes, that's an excellent point, uh, Craig. Doc, uh, Dr. Cutler, if you, as a physician advisor, well-versed in, uh, in the revenue cycle, business practice of medicine, even as a practicing physician, uh, what changes would you make or what, what thoughts do you have for uh, changing current CDI processes? Where, what would be the best practice standard for a CDI in your mind?
1: Well, that's a good question. Um, I think like Craig was mentioning, um, there always has to be, you know, what's in it for me. Um, anytime I spoke with a physician, I mean, it was always, you know, if it doesn't, you know, basically when you talk to me, it increases my workload. Um, what's in it for me? I mean, is this, uh, until it affects that, um, typically physicians are, are loath to change what they're doing. Um, especially if it's going to potentially increase their workload, I think we have to show them the, the benefits to them in uh, streamlining efficient documentation um, and educating them, whether it be queries. Uh, it would be nice to learn from the queries so that you didn't get as many. Um, well, that and would we, be that. That's and even we simple, cut down on burden. Yeah, and, and obviously, and to be honest with physicians, we always would bring this up. You know, they don't need anything in the way, usually, of monetary, but even... Just a little simple pat on the back sometimes. Um, you know, our days are, are filled with stress and taking care of people, some of which are near death and or dying. And it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do. And um, just a little. Wow, you did really great. You know, you, you know, thank you for answering my uh, queries on that the other day. That was awesome. Yeah,
0: or when you, when they, you know, when I review, uh, I'm conducting reviews, let's say at a client site, and I see some great documentation by the physician, I certainly uh, let them know just like you said, Dr. Cutler, because if you think about uh, physicians, they only traditionally get contacted when something is not right. You didn't sign your paper. You didn't sign your uh, You haven't done the H and P. You haven't signed Absolutely. your H and P.
1: It's you like the principal's mm-hmm. office in school. Yeah, you
0: haven't you haven't done the right. discharge summary. Uh, your progress note is not signed. Uh, got a patient complaint that you were not. You didn't give them pain meds. Uh, that you you weren't patient friendly. Uh, it's. I've had physicians almost uh, get, uh, almost drop, uh, drop on the floor when I said, "Great, Dr. So and So, can I have a word?" And sometimes physicians will say, "What did I do wrong? what did I do now? What, what do I need to fix?" So it really, really has a strong impact because I feel for physicians. I work with physicians for over twenty years. I have lots of colleagues who are practicing physicians, just like Dr. Cutler. And, and and I think, Dr. Cutler, you made an interesting point last week when we were discussing... Uh, the podcast. Uh, everyone wants three minutes of your time, uh, but when you add up all the three minutes of your time, including the time to answer queries or uh, verbally or uh, uh, after the fact or written queries or e- in your email box after being seven days off or uh, had a rough day the day before with three deaths and two codes, the next day you come in, you got five queries. That's enough. To, that was that. Be enough to put me over the over the over the edge. Uh, so uh, reducing queries is go- is is a strong goal for CDI uh, to the extent that we're not issuing as many queries and we're, f- we're finding good solid documentation. The CDI uh, is working with the case management and UR folks hand in hand in a non-solid approach with a unified message uh, uh, to help improve communication, not for reimbursement only, that's a byproduct, Uh, but reimbursement, uh, excuse me, communication on behalf of the patient. I think sometimes uh, uh, we've we've left out the patient in this whole mix of documentation. It's more of, okay, let me get to this. uh, Why should I write it? But it's really benefiting the patient. Uh, But I I think
1: when, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I think also in any of these programs or ideas and plans, when we implemented stuff, Uh, Down in Phoenix at Banner anyway, there was always the the measurements, but because you always have inflows and outflows of new people, you had to have a way of measuring. So even when you did succeed, you had to look at over time, you had to recheck it every six months or 12 months, do we need to reeducate? Because what happens is over time, especially when dealing with with us humans, and especially when you add in new humans all the time, is that you have to keep retraining. Or you lose all of your success in a rather short fashion.
0: You sure do. So it's kind of continuous feedback. So I wanted to kind of just kind of wrap things up. Any last-minute thoughts, uh, Dr. Cutler or Craig, that you'd want to to make – uh, in closing, and I guess, closing remarks, what are your thoughts?
2: Dr. Keller, you go first. Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> um,
0: doctors, 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 uh, uh, doctors before non-doctors.
2: I was just, I, I was too slow to <laughs> the draw. Right. I
1: had it on mute. But, um, no, anyway, I think there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of benefit, and obviously you always benefit the patient, but I think with, at least with clear and concise documentation and understanding how important the medical record is, it's, uh, it's, it's like some people say, I guess in the survival community, it's better to have and not need than need and not have, and there's been times where I've been deposed for other physicians that were being sued, reviewing the chart or reviewing charts for the the board, uh, Arizona Board of Medicine, or other things. And man, documentation is so important. Not only for educate, you know, making sure that everybody that's looking at that chart knows exactly what's going on and what your thoughts were. Um, what was being ruled out, who you had spoken with. But I mean, when stuff isn't in there, that can potentially down the road, given all the other people that are also involved. You know, we've been spoke, speaking about payers and the hospital, but even on the back end, God forbid anything bad were to happen. You know, that's your um, basically reasoning. So that other people, like doctors that are reviewing for board cases, you know, did you do, um, did you perform within the standard of care? And if it's not in there, like we'd always say, then if it didn't get, you didn't write it down, you didn't do it. That's right. I think,
0: you know, just uh, one piece before I turn it over to Craig for his closing remarks is that the Doctors Company, which is the biggest malpractice uh, insurer in the country for physicians, every year they or every two years they do a analysis of closed claims, uh, where malpractice claims where they paid out. Uh, and uh, 2015 to 17 is the most recent uh, analysis. Uh, uh, this number really stands out with me uh approximately 80 percent of payouts were due to poor communication including copy and paste of progress notes so and they give say they have on their website several examples or actually two use very short youtube videos of uh of uh payouts uh and it's just ridiculous to see uh uh you know not not intentional poor care but based on communication poor care uh, uh with with an unnecessary payout for a malpractice claim due to the fact that the documentation took a back seat. Uh, Craig, your final thoughts?
2: Dr. Keller put it very eloquently. Um, if you didn't document, it didn't happen. And pay, I, could, I could probably say every payer in this country is going to be looking for those holes so that they're not paying you. And it goes back to a multidisciplinary approach, From admissions through patient care all the way back through the claims process, bottom line, Glenn, is telling the patient's story. What happened to that patient while they were in your care? What did you do? How did you do it? Document every single thing. And then all those downstream effects will be covered if you're telling the true, accurate, and complete patient story.
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, so I, I, said, I, I agree. This has been a great podcast. I want to thank specifically Dr. Cutler for taking his uh, valuable time out of patient care to be uh, uh, discussing uh, his thoughts on documentation and communication. Uh, EEHR is a communication tool versus a reimbursement tool and the same thing goes for Craig Mills Craig I really appreciate your time and before we close I'd like to mention uh, to those who are not familiar uh, please if you haven't signed up for these podcasts and other excellent uh, uh, webinars we have planned we have some recorded ones uh, recorded webinars uh, available on the website so please if you haven't go to Top Gun Audit School Dot com. Please put your email in there so you can keep abreast of our updates and any upcoming webinars and pi- podcast. Uh, and just feel free to reach out to us with any uh, any any questions or anything you'd like to see covered in the podcast. And so this concludes November's uh, Wiser Wednesday uh, Experience speaks podcast. And thanks once again to our uh, guest, Dr. Cutler and uh, Craig Mills. And Have a good rest of the day, thank you very much.